<clears throat> Daniel 7, verse 1. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions of his head as he lay in bed. Then he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter. Chapter 7 is, is it's, it's been called a, a central hinge of, of the book of Daniel. Daniel tells us the, the, the setting, the, the, the when this happens. It's in the first year of Belshazzar, which is about 553 B.C. Anything jump out at you regarding when this happens? This book is not in chronological order. And if you prefer linear thinking, which most Western people do, it just kind of starts messing with your brain of, of, wait a minute, wait a minute, we just read about uh, Daniel being thrown into the lion's den during the reign of Darius, one of the, the, the Medes and Persians. That, that didn't happen until after 539. All of a sudden, we're, we're moving back about 15 years uh, to, to 553. We, we even saw the last day of Belshazzar's reign in chapter 5. But now we're back to the first year of, of Belshazzar's reign when, when he was co-regent with his father uh, Nabonidus about... Well, well, we'll get to that later. So it's not in chronological order. That's one reason... Uh, that, that many commentators, Dr. Dr. Constable calls it the central hinge of, of the book, that it's in, in one sense language. That re, you may recall in chapter 2, verse 4, it said, And the Chaldeans answered Nebuchadnezzar in Aramaic. And from that point, from chapter 2, verse 4, to the end of chapter 7, it's written in, in Aramaic. The, the language, uh, they, what do they call it, lingua franca, the, kind of the international language, or at least there of the ancient Near East in, in those days, the common language, that chapter 1 was written in Hebrew, chapter 8 through 12 is written in Hebrew, but this middle section is, is written in, in, in Aramaic. And so it kind of ties chapter 7 to chapter 2 through 6, but at the same time, what were the first six chapters? How would you categorize them as literature? And I know it's been a long time, and even if, even if we still went to you know, junior English or senior English every day, and the teacher asked something like that, it'd be like, I don't know. It's like, what, what do you mean, what kind of literature? It's, it's English, it's written, it's, it's words. Well, the, the first six chapters were what? They were historical narrative to, to, to a large degree. They were accounts of events that happened to Daniel, uh, to his, his colleagues, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego in Babylon, things that dreams that happened to uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, deliverances from by God of His children there, but all of a sudden it it shifts. But so chapter seven kind of connects those things, even though it's not 
in, in, in chronological order. It connects those things that were happening in the first six chapters with what's going to happen in the, in the last six chapters. It's the, it's the final um, element of this chiism. Is that how you pronounce it right? See, I looked it up because this guy at work, who, who is a, almost a mentor, I would say he's a mentor of mine, but I would never tell him that because I wouldn't want it to swell up his head, but he says, no, it's chiism. And I'm like, what? what he's? So I looked it up and it's chi, it's got a, 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 what is it, a hard K sound. Uh, and he may have just been messing with me, but a chiism, a, a, a method used that the Holy Spirit used, gave to, to especially Old Testament writers of, of building, uh, the best explanation I found was like a sandwich, that you have the bread. And so chapter uh, 2, the vision of Nebuchadnezzar is, is the A. And, and if, you're, if you're doing sort of an outline, it would be like A, B, C, C, B, A. And so chapter 2 and 7 are very similar. Chapter being the vision of Nebuchadnezzar and now the vision of Daniel. Chapter, uh, chapter 3 and 6 are similar. They're like the, some say the salve on the sandwich, the mayonnaise or the mustard. I'd call it the cheese because it's better than just mayonnaise. And that would be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's deliverance. And then in chapter 6 was Daniel's deliverance. And then the, the center, the meat of it was the judgment against Nebuchadnezzar and the judgment against Belshazzar. So, so now we're, we're to the last part. So it's, it's connecting it. You know, that, that it's, it, it wants us to see not these as all singular incidents, but this big connection. Get the big picture as we look into the, 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 the different chapters, the different breakdowns of, of, the, of the book. It begins what we would call, if the first six chapters are historical narrative, the last six chapters... Or what? Apocalyptic prophecy. It's an unveiling that, that God has given Daniel this unveiling of things that are going to happen in the future. Some near, some far. Some fulfilled uh, before our time. Some yet to be fulfilled that, that we look into this. <clears throat> Sinclair Ferguson said that um, we should read and expound on, on these prophecies as though God is saying, come and see this. Look at this. He gives Daniel the, the, these, these next four visions that are, that are to Daniel in, 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 the, in the last six chapters of the book. He's saying, come and see this, that God wants to show Daniel something. If God wants to show you something, why? Just, you don't have to answer right now. But just think, why does God want us to see these, these things that are happening? And, it, and it's been compared to, to look at it as a, as a picture. Um, some, some say it, it's like movie scenes as Daniel has this vision of one going to the next. And that, it, that there's, that there's a, a, a visual um, content of it 
just picture these things. I listened to one podcast and the, and the, and the preacher said, okay, I want you to close your eyes while I read this and just picture this. Now, if you're worried about falling asleep, you can leave your eyes open. You can follow along as I read it. But he said, close your eyes and just picture what Daniel is seeing. Because what did it say? He had this dream. He saw these visions in his head. And then when he woke up, we're still in verse 1, he wrote down the dream. And, he, and it says, I told the sum of the matter. So it's, it's a summary of what he dreamed. What is... If it's a summary, is that a hint at something or a clue of something? It's a short version. You know, and, and I think, I know that he's giving us all the details that God wanted him to give us. But it's, 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 it's a summary. It's, it's like, here's the important part of, of this vision. Okay, let's read what this vision was, starting in verse 2. And listen for, um, listen for verbs, either that the meaning of the verb repeats itself or that have sort of a, um, a similarity in, in what that verb is, is saying. I'll give you the first hint, second word. I saw. So, so look at, at words that mean saw, watched, beheld, as, as sort of a, a uh, just, just a, a hint and a picture of what's going on. I saw in my visions by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts came out of the sea different from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. Then as I looked, its wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. And the mind of a man was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second one, like a bear, it was raised up on one side. It had rib, three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And it was told, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I looked, and behold, another like a leopard with four wings of a bird on its back. And the beast had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and extremely strong. It had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little horn, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a, and a mouth speaking great things. So the vision is... I'm going to say it's like in three parts that Daniel, that you could d divide the vision. This is the first part. It shows what he sees. And then, then, then starting in, in verse 9, we're going to have another scene within the same vision, but the scene is going to shift. And, and then in, in verse 13, it, it's going to kind of shift again. 
And then where does the interpretation start? Verse 15. Something like that. That's a loose outline. So the first scene is, is Daniel is, is recording. After he has this, he said he, he wrote down the, the dream of, of what he saw in this vision by night. He said, the four winds of heaven are stirring up the great sea. Everybody clear on all of that? We, should we just move on? What, what do... It's, it's apocalyptic. It's, it's, it's prophecy. And so it's, it's not always literal. Sometimes there are, there, there are meanings to, you know, when, when they write the great sea. What is that? Is he talking about the Mediterranean? Is he looking at the Mediterranean, even though he's, you know, a thousand miles away and seeing this? I mean, it, it could be that he sees it, but, but, but many times in, in Scripture, the great sea is, is chaos, the world. It's just the chaos around creation because of, of God's, of man's depravity and sinfulness and that you have the, the world in just this, this chaos. Kind of like us now. Like counting votes. It's chaos. It's, it's, it's just pandemonium. What was the Ghostbuster line? Dogs and cats living together. Pandemonium. It's just, it's just chaos. It's, 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 it's bad. But it's, it's, and it's the world. Now, what about the four winds? If you have four winds, where are they coming from? North, south, east, and west. They're coming from all sides. Now, is it, is it just a, 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 an idea or, or a, a figure of saying it's, it's, it's universal? That, it, that it's just this universality. Four is sort of a, a figurative number for the, the world. It's, it's not necessarily bad. It just means the world, that, that the four winds just do that. But it can also mean God's hand in bringing these creatures up out of this chaos. Now, do those things go together? Well, sure. If, 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 if God is sovereign and all-powerful and, and omnipotent, then He brings up out of this chaos, this world, this sea, these four, these four beasts. So, so, so Daniel sees this. Pick, just picture that as, as a dream. And, and you know, slow motion, regular speed, whatever, of that he's, he's dreaming this. He's, he's seeing this, this vision while, while he's laying in bed and he, and he sees this sea being just churned up by these four winds and all of a sudden, what happens? Well, he summarizes it first. He says, four beasts come up and each one is different from the one before. They're, they're all different from, from one another. The first one is says like a lion and he has eagle wings so he he sees this beast he he knows he recognizes this as a lion but it's a, it's not the your normal everyday lion that you see this one has eagle wings on on him it's 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 quite different what would 
if you saw a lion, you think of, well, the king of the jungle, that, you know, a, a powerful animal, an eagle's wings just, you know, uh, just what? A little bit of speed, but also, you know, the, the soaring, the, the grandeur of, of an eagle. Jeremiah, a contemporary of Daniel, calls Nebuchadnezzar a lion. Ezekiel, another contemporary of Daniel, calls him an eagle. And so, so you're starting to get the idea of, well, is this Babylon? Is this Nebuchadnezzar? You know, what's, what's Daniel thinking as he does this? But, but now look what happens. He's looking, he sees that line coming up out of the sea, out of, out of chaos. And he says, the wings are plucked off. And it's lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. And the mind of a man is given to it. Sounds kind of like John in the book So you do, does it, does it, you have four beasts. What did the statue, Nebuchadnezzar's dream, have in chapter 2? It had this, he saw this great image, a statue, with four designations. So it's, it's, it's very similar. It's, you know, maybe to remind Daniel of that. But what are the different perspectives of chapter 2? Who dreamed is it dreamed or dreamt? Who dreamed that dream? Nebuchadnezzar. This is Daniel's dream. They're, they're similar. What did Nebuchadnezzar think when he saw all of those things? Okay, let me ask. I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way and then you tell me if this is right. Nebuchadnezzar sees this splendor of this gold head and these... these, these uh, Precious metals, they're, they're de descending in, in value, but the gold, the silver, the bronze. Then he gets to the iron, and then the iron and the clay, but he, but he sees this splendor of the world's kingdom. What is Daniel's perspective of what he sees? We haven't really gotten there, but you can kind of glance ahead. Daniel's terrified when he reads this. Daniel's getting it more from how God views the kingdoms. And Nebuchadnezzar seeing it, how Nebuchadnezzar viewed the kingdoms, how man viewed those, those different kingdoms. So he, he, he sees this, this first beast come out. It's a lion with eagle's wings. And then he looked. So he's continuing to watch this. And I don't know that your mind can drift off when you're having a dream. Like if you're watching TV, you might just go ADD and what, what did they just say? But, but, but with a dream, you're kind of focused on that, your, your subconscious or whatever it is that's, that's dreaming this. So he's, he's involved in this. He sees it. And all of a sudden, what happens? The wings are plucked off. He's lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man and given the mind of a man. Mine says heart. Heart, okay. 
It's a translation heart to you know to the ancients even 150 years ago the 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 central part of a man was his heart a person was their heart and now with you know science we know well it's really the brain it's not the heart the heart's just a muscle that pumps blood but it's it's the same the same meaning something is biting me um that it's his he it's given the 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 heart or the man, the the mind of of a man. Okay, a couple of things. What are the verbs that are used? What do they imply in a general sense? And does this remind you of anything? And you can answer them in either either order. Is this beast? autonomous is he dictating his own life or existence his wings are plucked off he's lifted up he's made to stand he's given a mind this beast what does that tell you he is not in control. He is not in total control. But somebody else is guiding these things, directing these things. We're going to see that with the first three beasts immediately, that they're not autonomous. Remember, Daniel's in exile. Belshazzar has just become king. Daniel is, has been in the royal courts of Babylon now for roughly 50 years. He knows the inner workings. He knows that, that Nebuchadnezzar was the great king. And since then, it's kind of like, yeah, they just don't quite measure up. And now Belshazzar is what? A young man who's basically co-regent with his daddy who decided, Nabonidus decided, I don't want to serve Marduk. I want to go to Timnah and worship the moon god. And so he, he goes off to Saudi Arabia and is sort of an absentee king, and he puts his young whippersnapper son, Belshazzar, in his, you know, to be co-regent. And Daniel's kind of thinking, Ooh, what is this going to, what's this going to mean to Babylon? But what's it going to mean to the people of God who are in Babylon at the time? Does he know that, that Jeremiah has prophesied that in 70 years, we're at year 50, 20 more years, and God's going to lead us back? I know God's in control, but how is all this, you know, going to work? And so he, he sees this, and, and this animal that's representing a kingdom is not in control of the things that, that happens to him. And it's also kind of, he's raised up given the mind of a man. It's kind of reminiscent of um, chapter 4 when Nebuchadnezzar went crazy and then, and then God gave him, when he, when he looked to heaven, God gave him back his mind. So is Daniel part of what he's seeing already in the past? And if so, why? The vision starts with Babylon and, and even some very, you know, similar things that happened to Nebuchadnezzar 
that's already happened by the time of the first year of Belshazzar. God shows him that first so that he knows that's happened. These other things are going to happen too. That it's validation that, that this is what's already happened and what God is saying. But the, you can count on these things that have not happened yet to happen just as surely because God says they, they are. Okay, verse 5. And behold. That's one of those words that it's, it's kind of like look, but an emphatic look that, that Daniel's he, he's dreaming. This, this first beast, the wings were plucked off. It was, it was lifted up, given the mind of a man. And then look, here comes another beast, a second beast, like a bear. It was raised up on one side. It had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and it was told to rise, devour flesh. This beast again is, is told what to do. Verse 6, After this I looked, and behold another like a leopard with four wings on its back of a bird on its back. And the beast had four heads, and dominion was given to it. Did this beast have its gain its own dominion? No. Its power, its authority, its rule was given to, to it. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not autonomous. He's, he's relying on somebody else. Someone else is giving this beast his, his authority. So the first three beasts, we see uh, that, that they, they're not autonomous. They're, they're given... He's given the mind of a man. He's told to devour much flesh. And this, this final one is even given dominion. They all look like animals that Daniel knows. A lion, a bear, and a leper, leopard. Verse 7, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in broken pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little horn, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. What do, you, what, do you have another translation for great things? I think pompous, pompous words. You know, which may be better if somebody is speaking pompous words, what does that connote in your mind? Arrogance and just boastful, you know, this is a loudmouth little horn that's just spouting off all, all sorts of things. But Daniel doesn't he doesn't give us a, a, a an illustration of what this beast is. It's not Apparently it's not like a beast that he's ever seen before. It's not like a lion or a bear or a leopard or any, you know, a tiger or an elephant or anything. It's just, it's a beast. It is, it is, it's a horrifying thing. And he, and he even says that it's, that it's terrifying. And it's, and it's got uh, teeth of iron. It's strong. It's dreadful. I mean, dreadful is kind of a, very descriptive word. You don't want to be around something that you dread. You dread going to the doctor or these results or, or you know, 
whatever the case may be. It's, it's something to be avoided. And, and Daniel sees it. It's strong. It's devouring everything. It's breaking into pieces. What it can't eat, it just stomps to pieces with, with his feet. And it's got ten horns. And then he's looking at the horns. He said, I considered the horns. And behold, there came up another horn, a little horn. And it plucked out three of the first ten. And this little horn, it's got eyes. And it's got a mouth, and a mouth on it that won't quit. That's just, you know, just talking of boastful and, and, and pompous things. So that's the first scene. Daniel sees the sea being stirred up by the winds of heaven and these four beasts that come out. Verse 9 begins the second scene. As he's seeing that, he, he saw those beasts and, and he's, he's considering what that fourth beast is and all of a sudden that horn starts morphing and, 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 and happenings. Verse 9, As I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair on his head was pure wool. His throne was fiery flames. Its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him. A thousand thousand served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. I looked then because the sound of the great words that that horn was speaking. And as I looked, the beast was killed, and its body destroyed, and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man. He came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. As for me, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious, and the visions of my head alarmed me. Verse 15 kind of, kind of gives us Daniel's perspective on this, this whole dream and, and these scenes that, that he sees. That, that the first scene was the, was the beast coming up out of this sea. And then the next scene is, is these thrones being placed in the Ancient of Days coming. And then you could say, well, the, the, the second scene is there's a 2A and a 2B. Or it might be three scenes. The, the third scene is, is this one like a son of man coming on the clouds. After Daniel sees all of this, he's anxious. He's, he's alarmed. He's, he's, we'll see at the very end, he's, he's still alarmed after he gets the interpretation. It's, it, 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 it bothers him. So these, these beasts come up 
and we're not going to get into the interpretation of it this week, but, but we're kind of getting the idea that these are kingdoms, empires, that these animals represent these, these, these em, different empires that are, that are coming. And the first one, he's right in the middle of those years, is, is Babylon. That, that's represented by the, 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 the line with the, with the wings of an eagle. And that more coming in it. But, but all of a sudden, he sees this throne, these thrones being placed. There, are the beasts still there? I mean, it, it seems as, as though they are. And then the Ancient of Days comes and takes his seat. Do we need to say who is the Ancient of Days? It's, it, it's, it's God. Where did these kingdoms come from? They came from the, the chaos of the sea, of, of the world. They, they rose up out of the world as if just one's generating the next or one's usurping the next and, and overcoming each successive empire. But all of a sudden, you have what? You have order coming to the scene. Thrones are placed. The Ancient of Days, God takes His place on, on his, his throne. And then He describes what He, what he sees. One his clothing is white as snow that just shows purity, holiness, righteousness. His hair is like pure wool. His throne is fiery flames. It's wheels burning fire. That, 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 the, that the fire metaphor is, is showing what? Judgment that's coming with the, 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 the Ancient of Days. Who is serving him? A thousand thousands? Is that a million? I mean, it's just like a figurative number of a huge multitude, more than you can count. 10,000 times 10,000 stand before him, and the books are open. The judgment books are open. One, one writer I read said, Daniel, how many times has he stood alone? And it's kind of like Elijah saying, you know, I alone am left. And all of a sudden, Daniel sees thousands of thousands serving God, 10,000 times 10,000, that he's like, I'm not alone. God has more servants than just me. I'm not really the Lone Ranger as, as, as I thought. And then as he's looking, the books are open. Said he, verse 11, I looked because of the sound of the great words the horn was speaking, and he was killed. It's like almost anticlimactic that this, this little horn, it, it bothered Daniel when he saw it. This one horn surplants three. It's got eyes. It's got this mouth that just keeps boasting and boasting and, and, and just arrogant words. And all of a sudden... Like a nap, boom, it's gone. He's, he's, he's destroyed. The rest of the beasts stay, but just for a, a season and a time. And then as he's looking at this vision, 
Behold, on the clouds of heaven there comes one like a son of man. But just like, he resembles a, a, a son of man. And what is given to him? Dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people shall serve him. All languages shall serve him. His dominion is, is everlasting. It will not pass away. What happened to all those other kingdoms? They, they passed away. But this, this kingdom that is given to the one like a son of man. A son of man sort of connotes what? A, a human. But coming on the clouds of heaven is used of, of who? Who comes on the clouds? Only God. So this is a man, but he's also God. It's, it's a picture 550 years before the incarnation of, of Jesus Christ being given dominion and authority and, and power over all nations that, that, and his kingdom won't last. What happened at the end of Nebuchadnezzar's dream in, verse, in chapter 2? That this rock was uncut by human hands and it came and, and, it, and, it, and it hit those clay and iron feet and the whole statue, the whole image was, was crumbled. And then that stone grew into a great mountain and covered the whole earth. The, the, the comparisons and similarities are, are just, you know, they just kind of jump out at you. At the, this is the, the same, um, you know, the same type of, 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 of vision or the same purpose in, in this vision. So we're not going to get to the end of the chapter, which gives us the interpretation. But, but to this point, what, what do you see? What, what is your take on it? Is there anything that we can apply to our lives 2,500 years after Daniel sees this vision. Watch for the beast. Watch for the beast. <laughs> I think we see disaster. I don't know that. But, I mean, you know, because if you're so scared of it, and that, you know, it's one of those things that you ever seen something. You're almost scared to continue looking at it because you're so scared of it. But at the same time, we're so curious of what <laughs> that means that we do look at it. Scans billions of years of past 
eternity and going to future eternity. And we're seeing this much of that blue king of kindness picture that he's without the plan for. We still say God in charge. He's on his throne taking charge. It is it's all of those things. It is disaster. Is that within our normal thinking, like Western world is thinking, or rationalism and the Enlightenment thinking that, that began in the, in the late 18th century, and it's like things are going to get better and better and better and better, and that that's even impacted the way we view things, that things are going to get better, 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 better. But are they? And do we I don't do we deserve for them to get better, 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 better? But No, but I hope that, that there's I mean I hope that there is some better. There is. There is. I mean there is <laughs> Yeah, how, I mean, is that? I don't. I don't even know how to even classify that. But it. But it is. But do we look? So. So what is the, the risk or the, the pitfall? Do do we look for ourselves, our society, our culture, our government, government, to make things better, or do we? Yes, we do. Or do we? Or, or, or should it teach us that we're still in that great sea of chaos and depravity and turmoil, and that that kingdoms are coming out of it, but God's kingdom is coming, and it is eternal. And, and nothing shall put it down and it will be holy and righteous and it will be his you know eternal eternal kingdom one of the songs that we sang this morning I don't remember which one it was but it was like being thankful for peace on earth like it's already there and I'm thinking this earth has never known peace the only peace we know is the peace that God gives his people Mm -hmm. The world doesn't give us peace. It's never given. There's always been wars and conflict and people against each other. And I mean, the, the first two sons of Adam and Eve, you know, one killed the other. I mean, there has not been peace. There's been, there's been conflict. So what is God telling Daniel? Daniel's in Babylon. He's been, you know, he's he's been there over half of his life, or two times his. Is there a good mathematical way to say that? Like two thirds of his life, he's been in Babylon, and yet there's more chaos and beasts coming. But in the end. God's kingdom will be established and last for forever and ever.
Okay, we'll start reading in verse 15 next week that, that Daniel was, when he saw these things, he was anxious and, and alarmed. And so what does he do? He approaches one of those angels and says, what, what, what does this, what's happening here? And not to spoil the ending, but in verse 28, here's the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me and my color changed. Okay, Daniel was the one that got this vision and lived through it and, and spoke to the angel. So, Sinclair Ferguson says, sometimes you just got to say, I don't know. That some of these things are, well, yeah, it might be that, it might be that. And, and, and don't be afraid to say, I don't know. So next week, count how many times I say, I don't know. But we do know how, how it ends. Any, anything else before we go? See, we did get out semi-early. Bill Lyle, you missed it. <laughs> Bill said just because they had been around a lot of people, he's, he's recovered from uh, COVID. I should have mentioned that in the prayer time, but just with, with uh, Linda's funeral and just family, and they just decided to um, be cautious not to spread to anybody else. They, they're, both, they're both well, or they were um, yesterday. As Tammy put it, she wanted to stay away for about two months. Did she? <laughs> well, we'll do an Orthodox Christmas this year <laughs> in, in January. <laughs> I just wonder if he's been to any Zebra playoff games, you know. I mean, then... He was at the yeah. Well, let's pray and then, then we'll be dismissed. Father, we just thank you for your word and God for how it reassures us that you are in control, that no matter how bad things get around us, for the turmoil and confusion and chaos that's in this world, that, that one day Christ will return set up His eternal kingdom and that those who have placed their faith in Him and received Him as their Savior will be uh, resurrected and even as we see in this chapter later that, they'll, that they will rule with Christ. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.